boys and gals. It's too early for this. It's really early. I'm sleepy. I'm very tired. Well, I am double fisting over here. I've got my uh, the blueberry bagel with schmear in one hand and my uh, hazelnut latte iced on the rocks, as the kids say, in the other hand. <laughs> I just have my lovely hot coffee. And a glass mug. This is my favorite mug, actually. It's, like, really pretty. And um, I was struggling today whether or not I was going to drink cold brew because I have cold brew that I made in my fridge or I was going to drink hot coffee because I just went to Phil's the other day and grabbed another bag of Ambrosia for the Gods. So I didn't know what to do. Here, babe. Your signature move. Exactly. Oh, also, have you tried the um, Califia oat milk barista blend? Uh, No, but I hear it's good. It, it is very good. That's what I use in my coffee now because it's it's like, I guess it's just thicker almost. So it's almost like it feels like a half and half, but it's oat milk for people like me. I'm still disappointed in you for texting me this morning and saying, you know, I said I wanted to have a nice latte, but I was like, maybe I'll have coffee instead. And you were like, oh, I forgot how fancy you were. And it cut me to the quick because I was over there, you know, with my uh, rag cleaning out my portafilter. And I was like... I'm sorry. Uh, do we not know each other? Of course. I'm a fancy boy, no matter what time of day. <laughs> but, like, I don't know, because I know that when some people in their heads are like, I'm going to make a latte this morning, they're like, I'm going to put my Nespresso pod into my Nespresso machine. Those people and make are a garbage. Nespresso. For you, you're like, I'm going to make an iced latte. It's like, let me get out my 15,000 contraptions to make the most fancy latte and no art. My name is Sue Sylvester. I'm not a Terry, Okay. Um, well, that brings us into this episode, which is Throwdown, which I am, when it comes to like Glee episodes, this is not one that I immediately am like, oh yeah, it's so great. But now rewatching it, I was like, oh, it was a good episode. So, um, we do have that episode today. We also, I believe, have some pitch corrections. Mm-hmm. Uh, last week I promised you, promised that I would bring some supporting evidence to the table. To prove you wrong as to why the mashup was not invented by Glee. And so, in the show notes... And you um, found none. <laughs> in the show notes, you will see a, uh, a the very reputable source, uh, Wikipedia um, entry for mashup. And apparently a mashup also known as a mash, a mashup, mashup with a hyphen, a blend, a bootleg. Um, and I've seen some other... Weird words like that. Bootleg. Um, But allegedly in 1990, we had some kind of mashup between um, a a song called Lonely Woman and Pretty Woman. Um, Further in the 90s, you got some more. Early 2000s, uh, Christina Aguilera alongside a song by The Strokes. And it just goes on and on and on. Were those done by those artists or were those done by, like, I'm confused. It was done by people who later or who had more access to individual music files because of things like uh, LimeWire and kind of peer-to-peer sharing. That kind of made it more popular. Oh, LimeWire. The good old days. Right. And then apparently, um, I also read somewhere that there was a club. Um, I think it might be in San Francisco, but I could be lying. Where they basically took, it's like a club where all they do is play mashups. All the time. Right. But I feel like you have three instances in the history of music where in the past like 12 years since this episode, vitamin D came out. We it's like constant now. Sure. I mean, it could. So maybe they didn't invent the matchup, but they definitely sparked the drive that became what we have now. Because literally yesterday I heard a mashup of Doja Cat's Say So and Like That which is like her two probably like most popular songs and she mashed them up and released it as a single. Yeah. And I do think that sometimes uh, maybe like a lesser known artist or like a remix person or, you know, whatever kind yeah. of gains popularity that way. But I do think that like that person is like the type of person who would have done it, you know, whatever via the lime wire idea. Like that's the same mentality, the same culture, the same, whatever it is. I'll just accept this as you admitting uh, to be wrong. 
Um, I don't think I was wrong. I think that we have a, um, we could both be right in this scenario. So <laughs> let's get on to Throwdown. In the seventh episode, tensions rise between Mr. Shu and Coach Sylvester as they co-chair the Glee Club. While Shu is finally becoming suspicious of Terry's mystery baby, Quinn and Finn realize they might have different intentions for their offspring. And that's what you missed on Glee! So we definitely have a uh, different kind of episode, I guess you would say. Because it's, I don't know, I, th- I think this one is very different than any of the ones we've seen so far. I don't know if it's because it's, there's like more scenes happening at one time, or there's like lots of storylines happening, but it's a good one. I'm a fan. I think so too. Um, a lot going on, um, but a lot of Sue one-liners, which made uh-huh. it really good. We start right off the bat with a fighting scene in slow motion between Mr. Shu and Coach Sylvester, which is just like iconic. <laughs> yes, for sure. And I think you have those um, dueling inner monologues, which I think made yes. the scene even better because not only do they have the inner monologues, but then they kind of break the fourth wall when Shu's like, uh, or even fighting with our voiceovers or something to that effect. Right. And we find out that this is actually a blast. Like this is the ending scene of the episode. So we have to go back to find out why are they fighting, which I love an episode of TV that way. That's why I love there's a TV show called Flashpoint where they always start at the Mm -hmm. very end and then they fast forward to the beginning or rewind quickly to the beginning. And you're always kind of like, how do we get to this point? So I was like, how did we get to this point? But this must be the iconic titular slow throwdown. (laughs) And then we get to Figgin's office, which, you know, Figgin's office and Sue's office are like two of my favorite places because you know that Sue will probably be in that office and she'll probably be doing some dumb shit. He's just got them both sat down because in the last episode we found out that Sue is not fit to run the Glee Club alone. Uh So he sits Sue and Sue down and he says, he's just trying to get a pulse. How's it going? What's going on? Are things going smoothly? Don't pit the children against each other. Mm hmm. And then we flash to choir practice. <laughs> and, well, he kind of gives them, you know, the two the, the two stipulations, right? And that kind of, like, leads to the back and forth because it's showing that even though he gave these two stipulations, Sue and Will are doing the exact opposite of those right. two stipulations. Um, was it the no currying favor one first or the no pitting against each other first? No currying favor was the first one. Right. Which I've never heard that term before, and I, this might sound bad, but is it because he's Indian that they use no currying favor? (laughs) This is is probably the most, uh, this episode ends up in the weirdest place, I think. Um, So I think maybe because there was so much in like impact on the minority idea and all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Um, But at some point, I I think it's maybe... uh, Maybe Sue, who asks, like, what songs they want to do, or is it Will? Will sits them down and he goes, so what songs do you want to do? Because, like, they only do Journey. <laughs> yes. And Mercedes is like, let's try something black. <laughs> and Rachel goes, this is not the Crunk Club. And I'm like, fuck <laughs> you, Rachel. <laughs> and then your favorite Asian boy is like, I can pop and lock. Ugh, Mike Chang. Ugh. And that's kind of like him trying to curry favor from them, right? And then we flash right. to Sue's office when she's trying to pit them against each other. Yes. <laughs> I, 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 sorry. At some point, I have this this quote down where she she says something like, "the the, minor, the minority kids want representation." And but then she specifically says the phrase right next to that. My favorite part of that scene is when she goes, I'm going to make that club so toxic that no one will want to be a part of it. Just like how I salted the earth of my last home so that nothing could grow there for a hundred years because they tried to make me pay the closing cost, (laughs) which like in general, that normally is what happens is that like one person pays the closing cost over another. But you know what? It's fine, Sue. We get it. Um, at some point, though, then uh, Principal Boy then decides to say, well, hug it out. Like, Ugh. you guys, in order for you know this to go forward, I learned this at my leadership class, you have to hug it out. And then you get some, another, some more amazing commentary. Um, as they're hugging, uh, Sue says, I will vomit down your back. <laughs> Which is great. And I also hate hugging, so I would have also vomited down his back. 
<laughs> and next we go to um, Quinn and Finn's OB appointment to find out their 10-week ultrasound with their baby. Uh-huh. And right off the bat, the first thing I thought was, this doctor looks so familiar. And I couldn't place her. And do you know where she's from? I can't even place her right now. But no, go ahead. 51st States, she runs the diner that they're in every morning. Okay. Uh-huh. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. she's it. She's the doctor in this. And I was like, oh, my God, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then they come out of the room. Well, Finn does. And surprisingly, Will is the one who basically took them to their appointment. And mm-hmm. he's Will's also kind of taking in the scene, right? Because he's watching the other kind of baby daddies around and wondering, I think, in that moment, why he hasn't got to experience any of these things yet. And here Finn is, you know, just a couple weeks into this pregnancy, and he's experiencing more than he has. Right. And we do also find out during this appointment that uh, Quinn is having a girl, which might cause some problems for Terry, who is having a boy. (laughs) Um, And then we cut to Rachel and Jacob and Israel, our favorite weird (laughs) journalist, (laughs) walking down the hallway. And he confronts her because there is a rumor that Quinn is with child. And the way he confronts her is the independent polling committee in my pants has decided you're the hottest girl in school. Uh, Yikes. Oof. Um, and I'm sure it is a polling community. Uh-huh. <laughs> so basically he, he needs, um, a, uh, sort of payment from Rachel for her, for him not to run the story. Mm-hmm. Which, in this moment, do we know why Rachel cares about the story? Is it just to protect Finn? Yeah, we always think that... I mean, she obviously likes Finn. They went bowling together. They've kissed twice. You know, she quit yeah. Cabaret for him several times. But, you know, I think that she will do whatever she can to keep the story quiet. Yeah. Sue then decides to embark on that kind of second idea from Higgins, which is uh, no putting, no pitting the Glee Club together. And she decides to essentially break them up <laughs> and make a special elite form of the Glee Club called Sue's Kids. And this is where I said, yes, one of my predictions came true because she was trying to kind of pit them against each other and causing some dissension. And she gets to call this team first because she calls for a coin flip. <laughs> and naturally, she's got a source where she can get double-sided coins. I love her montages this episode where she's like, strutting down the hallway um it kind of reminded me of like a very uh like darth vader type thing because she's got this all black tracksuit on she's walking down the hallway with these dark sunglasses so there's always like this kind of spooky music playing while she's doing it yep and she's always got a contact or something on her brain or an agenda i loved it for sue's elite glee club of sue's kids she takes santana wheels Gay kid, <laughs> Asian, other Asian, <laughs> Aretha, <laughs> and Shaft. <laughs> the names like progressively got funnier and yeah. funnier and funnier. And I was yeah. like, oh my God. I knew that she called him, she called Mike Chang other Asian. And I also love that they knew who was who. Yeah. <laughs> like Tina's Asian. Mike Chang is other Asian. Yeah. And I love that she basically pinpoints the best people in the club. It's interesting too, because she kind of assumes that she's going to take all of the jocks mm-hmm. and cheerleaders, but she left two of the cheerleaders and one of the football players or two of the football players, but she took all the minority students and she looks at, at will and says, bigotry is no laughing matter. <laughs> And I love Santana in the back goes, and that's how Sue sees it. <laughs> she goes, outstanding. Oh, uh, yeah. She, yeah, she's so, so inclusive. Good. We love Sue. I believe we go to Terry and her sister. Is this true? Yes. And um, practically, I just immediately saw uh, two, well, maybe one, who's uh, convincing the other one uh, to be an anti-vaxxer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> While this show was before its time. Um, and Terry's like, you're right. What are the chances of it getting polio? But we find out that no matter what, Shu is coming to their next doctor's appointment because he feels powerless in his own home. Yep. 
<laughs> That's basically all that happens there. We flash to Jacob now demanding what his form of payment is going to be to not run the story. And he wants a pair of undies from Miss Rachel. Used. Used. Uh, I mean, yeah, sure. Uh, interesting uh, ask. Um, but maybe not that interesting for a high school straight white boy. I've just never been that person. Never yeah. had the interest, but very interesting. Um, then we, yeah. Did you see Sue's corner last night? I loved it again. Minorities. <laughs> Oops. All minorities. Uh, it turns out Sue is one sixteenth uh, Kamachi Indian. Is that what she says? Kamachi Indian. And Kamachi. she loves minorities so much. She's considering moving to California to become one. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, then you're right. We go to this minority filled <laughs> Sue's kids practice rehearsal, whatever. And I got to say her coaching mentality, the way she kind of inspires and just drives these kids. It was kind of incredible. I mean, she hands them a song. She hits it on the head. She gave them something black, just as Mercedes requested Mariah hands. Yeah. And I, I don't know. Like she just like, she's like, give me some of that pop and lock. Give me some of this. Like she's hitting everybody's kink right away. While she's in a fucking amazing track suit. I loved this one. <laughs> and this leads to a, like a phenomenal, like, you know, sans any type of practice whatsoever, because we later see Will kind of with his rehearsals and he's always like putting them in spots and like trying to teach them something before they do it. And she uh-huh. just lets them go. And I'm like, damn, Sue. All right. And of course, the first song is. It's an R&B song. <laughs> Heat on Me by Jill Scott. Uh, which is like, Jill Scott's not a one hit wonder, but this is a great song. And I would say it's one of my favorite songs by her. So very happy about it. Mercedes is a killer lead on it. She's got some background vocals from Santana and from Tina. Kurt doesn't really sing at all, but it is this weird thing when he lays back on a chair and does a kick like he's a dead cockroach. I mean, uh-huh. we have a whole a whole scene there. <laughs> Wheels is uh, uh, <laughs> wheeling over a chair to place in front of Mercedes to step on um, as she kind of walks so down that like runway of sorts. Um, yeah, very good moment. I thought it was good. We see that at the end of the song, Shu is spying on Sue's kids. Yeah. And, you know, Shu then decides to confront Sue about this. <laughs> and Sue, he's yelling after her while she's running down the hallway. And Sue goes, I thought I smelled failure. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the perfect little, like, I don't know. It's like how she does it. But she's like, oh, hey, buddy. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, boy. And then she tells him, I don't trust a man with curly hair. <laughs> Um, and that she, I love when they do these like outdoor scenes, like they're still at the high school, but they're like outside and always makes me question how big is this fucking high school? Because it's like endless hallways. Right. It almost seems like some of these hallways just lead right outside, which is like, makes me envision like a California school compared to a Midwest school. Well, I did hear that when they filmed any of these scenes that weren't inside the hallways or classrooms, they were actually in Long Beach, California at a high school. That makes a lot more sense. So they would shoot like five episodes worth at a time of these like hallway scenes, football scenes, because they don't I mean, they can't build a football field at whatever studio lot they're at. Right. So they had to go to the high school that did it. I mean, they would I think as an actor, I would be confused if they were like, you're filming episode five, now six, now eight. Yeah. And you're like, uh, OK, as a uh, as a consultant for the uh, revised, you know, the uh, the Glee episodes when they eventually get brought back to Netflix or some shit. Um, just call me, please, because I will tell you more so what the Midwestern high school looks like. And it's <laughs> not um, <laughs> there's no doors that lead outside. It may be a courtyard in the middle of the school, but otherwise it's very dark and dreary because it's the Midwest and the weather's not good and it's always raining. But as they're in their outdoor conversations, we do hear (laughs) that Sue has decided to burn all their sheet music just for safety. Yeah, she's really trying to uh, cause a rift and uh, bring down the Glee Club from the inside out. And then she she storms off at the end by taking a kid's soda and says, these sodas are crap and like throws it on the ground. It just storms off. 
Oh, God. I would um, like to say just now on the record that Sue's storm offs are more effective than Rachel's. Um, yeah, I agree. We cut to Sue now being on the football field and she is being interviewed by cheerleading today. <laughs> and we find out that there are no cheerleaders anymore because Terry offered a little solution to Sue's work problems. Will kind of counter Sue by making sure that none of these cheerleaders are academically available. She's basically grading their tests and making sure that they're not. But at the same time, I think he's realizing that these cheerleaders are kind of stupid. Right. Like we know for a fact that Brittany is not the brightest tool in the shed. And if all the cheerleaders are like her, then they probably all deserve to be flunked. But I like that he also left the three cheerleaders that he needed for Glee Club. (laughs) Yes, of course. Uh, And Sue's like just look of rage. And again, whatever Uh music was played is just... I that that is something that I just saw instantly on the Instagram, you know, uh huh, demanding likes from Jane Lynch herself. <laughs> and while we are on this break, you can go to the Instagram. <laughs> We hope you enjoyed looking at our Instagram just like the one and only Kristen Chenoweth enjoys looking at our Instagram because I called Zach in tears (laughs) 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 because I was sitting there and all of a sudden it popped up, Kay Chenoweth liked your photo and I went to it and it was the Kristen Chenoweth blue check mark liked our photo. Um, I take back what I said episodes ago. You calling me in tears because Chenoweth has liked a photo of ours? That's your gayception. <laughs> I was just so caught off guard that like she would do that. And now, you know what? I'm promising this now. I will find a way one day to get her on the pod. <laughs> uh, so I would now, I, now we can officially advertise um, that we are um, Kristen Chenoweth approved. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, what else do I need to say? I'm actually going to get a flyer that says Kristen Chenoweth approved and get it stamped everywhere so that people know. (laughs) So uh, speaking of being approved, I approve of this next scene in the principal's office. Yes. (laughs) As Figgins is checking in on Sue and Will's uh, kind of co-chair team style stuff. And Sue says that Will flunking her Cheerios is a travesty of international proportions. And she is calling the president. (laughs) Oh, God. There's just so many one-liners here. I just couldn't even, like, catch them all because I wanted to enjoy them and also not be taking notes the whole time. So she's like, she says something like, your psychosexual derangement. Exactly that. (laughs) (laughs) And then something about, so the classes, the class that he, you know, teaches slash is kind of flunking them in is Spanish. (laughs) And this is perhaps the best line of the entire episode. Oh, Will. Your devotion to that dying language. (laughs) 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 Oh, God. She's so inclusive and yet so uh, derisive. Well, and then she goes, my Cheerios have no need to learn it unless if they want to be dishwashers and gardeners. But if they want to be lawyers and captains of industry, they better know how to do a round off. (laughs) 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 Like what? I just. Yeah. uh, And she has no idea if they're going to college. Right. Will's like, well, they're not. They're illiterate. They instead of saying go team, they spelled out do game. <laughs> do game. Uh, they're leaving. Figgins has decided that she is, you know, in the wrong. Sue Shu gets to flunk them, and Shu is about to touch her, and she goes, "Don't touch me." And then he actually touches her, and she goes, "That is a lawsuit, <laughs> Mister." <laughs> oh God! And then when she goes out and like has that many freak out, like in the atrium outside the office. And Pickens is like, not the children. <laughs> and she uh, can see her like, ne- lunge at somebody and then immediately stop. <laughs> <laughs> I need us to get the track that they play because they play that like music every time she's mad. And I need us to yeah. have it. <laughs> yes, it was great. It's just like they have that for her, like villainous march offs. They have Rachel's yes. like um, that little like uh, it's like the girl acapella, very quiet, 
whatever music montage that yeah. happens when she's like in love with Finn, but you know, something tragic is happening. Um, it's, it's reminding me very much of soap operas because in soap operas, every couple or relationship has their own music. I think the intention originally was on radio. People used to listen to them on radio. Yeah. That's the thing. You would know right away who the characters were in the scene because yeah. you knew the music. And I feel like that's almost kind of what's happening here and that everyone kind of has their iconic send offs, which I love. And then we see Quinn and Finn having a little discussion during a Spanish test, because that's what happens uh-huh. in high school. You have full-on conversations during a test. Right. It's not just passing notes anymore. <laughs> and Finn decides that he wants to name their baby Drizzle. Mm-hmm. After Gwyneth Paltrow, <clears throat> another co-star, and uh, Chris Martin have their baby named Apple. Um, and it reminded me of the scene in Miss Congeniality. You know, when she's like, all you need is a light jacket. Um, Because he's (laughs) like, it's, you know, right before it's raining and all you need is me, blah, blah, blah. And Quinn's like, bruh, no, focus on your test. And then in the hallway, she's like, it's not like I'm keeping this thing. Right. I did have a quick question for you. Do you realize how old Apple Martin is now? Because I remember when she was born and her her name being (laughs) Apple and everyone freaking out about it. I despise Gwyneth Paltrow. (gasps) So, no, I don't know. (laughs) She's well, the worst. Let's slide through these doors. Get it? Because sliding doors is a Gwyneth Paltrow. Okay. Um, <laughs> I have no idea what that means. <laughs> oh, it was like Gwyneth Paltrow was like one of her first movies. It's called Sliding Doors. Um, Ew. Gwyneth Paltrow you know and Chris Martin's child, Apple Martin, is 16 years old. Wow. I'm like, fuck. Um, sorry. Let me replace my wow with a much better um, gasp. Uh, goop. <laughs> But 16 years old, that's like your age limit. Like, that's perfect. Oh, dear God. <laughs> I'll cut that out. <laughs> I don't have to. <laughs> uh, so Quinn and Finn take their conversation to the hallway, and uh-huh. Finn ends it off with, sometimes I wish you were more like Rachel. Ooh. Ah, ouch. Yikes. That's the worst thing you can possibly say. And then does uh, Quinn give him, like, some sort of, like, cheating permission? Or she's like, you can do yeah. what you need to do, but just, like, don't do it with her. Correct. He's like, she's like, get your rocks off. Just not with her. Yes. Um, and then we go to a covert jam session, right? Yes. The kids are back together because they don't like that. They've been split up. Um, and this to me was a very rough performance. Um, I, but it was cute. Cause it's like that you could, I think maybe they weren't, but I think they might've been singing live. Like not cause like almost every time they sing in Glee is a recorded track. Yeah. And I think this might have been a live. A recorded auto-tune track. Uh-huh. And I think it was cute that they were like, Finn was playing drums, all the kids were dancing around. Because like I suddenly even, can play guitar. <laughs> but I mean, I even remember being in chorus, and there would be times where we would just like somehow break out into song while we were like waiting for the teacher to come in from her office. And it would be something like this. It would be like a ride with me with by Nelly. It would be something like really weird and random. I'm so glad you're nostalgic for that. I thought it was hideous. Um, I thought it was like, I liked that they were all singing live, but I also just felt like it was all over the place and they were just all too chummy. I just, I didn't like how they were. They were just chummy so <laughs> fast. That to me was like a, I could see that in a season three, but seven episodes into the first season where they're kind of just now a glee club together. I'm like, mm, Okay. Um, it was just, you know, I don't know. It was a lot. Um, at some point, does somebody say bye? Oh, uh, yes. Wheels. When he's leaving, he says bye white people. And it's hilarious cause he's fucking white. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but they basically all scatter cause Will comes into the room. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is when we kind of officially learn kind of, I was trying to deduct it the whole time, but who's on team B, right? Yeah. And it's, uh, Rachel, Finn, Quinn. Puck, again, who apparently now plays guitar. Um, other cheerleader is what I wrote down for a while because I didn't know her name because I've forgotten so many times. And apparently it's Brittany. We've forgotten. Um, you for, We talk about Brittany every episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, for the first time watchers out there, you're welcome. And uh, I, I counted the band as kind of like the, you know, the sixth man on the team. Um, and then we get their song. Which is No Air by Jordan Sparks and He Who Should Not Be Named. Uh, which was the easiest song for them to get. 
being on Fox, which is where American Idol was at the time. Um, and naturally, American Idol owned Jordan Spar- Sparks um, and all of her future children, um, <laughs> a.k.a. songs. <laughs> Did I ever tell you about the movie I watched that had like Nick? I think it was Nick Cage and it was about the rapture. And I couldn't tell oh, yeah. you. It's called it's called Knowing. Maybe I'm thinking I'm the, the only movie. person. I'm the only person in the world who would know that reference. I actually don't know if I'm thinking of that movie because there's knowing with Nick Cage and then there's a rapture movie that Jordan Sparks is in. Oh, God. And they're on a it's plane. It's the same thing. Yeah, okay. They're on a plane and the rapture happens while Jordan Sparks is on the plane with like her daughter. Uh-huh. And her daughter gets raptured because like innocent souls always get raptured. Like that's like of whatever. Course. And Jordan Sparks like freaks out because her daughter's gone and you just see like her daughter's clothes there and there's like, all these people missing. It's a weird fucking movie i think it's a christian movie so like obviously <laughs> i think jordan sparks is the highest actor <laughs> on there sponsored by left behind the series not the book oh it is left behind it's literally it really? the movie left behind oh dear god how that's sad that i can just pick that out of a lineup um so we have the song no air by jordan sparks which is a great song um, great song it was on my ipod song. it was you know I had both her version and the Glee version on my iPod, and I would listen to them back to back because I was really obsessed with it. And Will is very much like, now he points out the lead right away, because again, Will has to get too involved. He has to start putting people in positions. He has to pick out the leads. He doesn't let them just do it, which annoys me to death. And Finn and uh, Rachel are the kind of leads, and he wants them to be letter perfect. And the rest of them aren't really doing anything. And when the song is over, Quinn comes out and she goes, what do you expect us to do? Just sway back here like props, which we find out is from Sue. Sue told her to do it, but she's kind of right. You know, you have Sue's kids where everyone's getting to be a part of it where, and then you have shoes, new directions, which is literally just Rachel and Finn. Yeah. Um, so much so that we get a dramatic, uh, fan in the hallway scene <laughs> because they're ostensibly they're, they're practicing it all the time. Night and I day, just like literally wrote them. that down fan in the hallway. <laughs> there you go. Um, Sue mentions that uh, she basically has a rainbow tent, <laughs> which is great. And in, in her rainbow tent, no one will be discriminated against, even if they're Jewish like puck or Dutch yes. like Brittany. <laughs> right. <laughs> so she's basically getting them all to kind of slowly turn and she wants them all on her team at the end of the day. She wants to shut him down yes. uh, or at least for them to choose her and to respect her. Then we go home to Will's home naturally. And Will's on this like high for some reason, right? He's like, uh, he feels empowered that he maybe has pulled one over on Sue and that's where we get the weirdest line of the show, which is on nights that you are home first, I think it's appropriate <laughs> for you to take care of dinner. I was like, what the fuck? Ugh, it was weird. I like, didn't like it, it. She's lapping it up. That's the worst part. She is lapping it up. It was gross. Didn't yeah. like it. Um, but it turns Terry on. And What's really sad, though, is that Shu can't ride his high for very long because he realizes that now that Sue has taken two more of his kids and he confronts her and says, what do you expect me to do with just three people in New Directions? And she offers him this up. If you pass all the Cheerios, I will give you back my your Glee Club full of losers and snot faucets. <laughs> so Terry and her sister go to Dr. Wu, um, her OBG, and... This is where her sister, who also had her kids delivered by him, her ginger children, as she says, because potentially she's making this up, but potentially he gave her too much something while in utero. Um, And therefore she's going to bring a lawsuit against him unless he feigns the pregnancy on Terry's behalf and tells him it is a girl instead of a boy. I also love that it starts out with Terry being like, I always had a huge crush on the karate kid. Like, how is that <laughs> relevant? <laughs> Other hey, than the fact our, that he's a clearly Asian doctor. Right. This is our oops, all minorities episode. Um, so we have to get our digs and racist, uh, you know, I guess slurs, even that's kind of dramatic. Um, and when we can, 
I also love that he's like, I don't know why you're here because neither of you are pregnant. <laughs> he's just like bluntly like, get out of my office. Right, as he's clipping his bonsai tree. Because apparently OBs have the second highest rate of suicide next to dentist. Rachel and Quinn end up having a little bit of a spat in the hallway after. Which, please just, just define these two uh, insults that Quinn throws her way. Treasure trail, which I looked up on Urban Dictionary just to make sure. Uh, and I, most people just aligned it mostly with happy trail, like on a dude. Right. So I was kind of confused yeah. by that. And then he, she calls her stubbles. So I'm like, is she saying that maybe she's got some extra hair on her face? Cause that seems like the most obvious, I don't know. Insult. I wonder if she's trying to accuse her of being like a hermaphrodite. Like that was a thing mm, kind of yes, in middle school and high sure. school. Hello. There do you was remember like the big Gaga scandal for the sake of it being a scandal. Oh my God. And she, and everyone's like, you have a penis, you have a penis. And she was like, okay. Right. <laughs> she like gave it no time of day. <laughs> she yep. was like, great. So weird. Um, literally in interviews. I remember I was watching these interviews like the other day In interviews, people were like, where's your penis? Yeah. And it's just like, that was so weird. That was such a weird time. People are so that's not something people would ask. Interesting. Like those, like just seeing that shit now, like even like I was on Twitter the other day, right? I'm scrolling through like some, some replies to something ridiculous. And then you just always get the random person who decides to throw out the worst, like, oh, you're still around? I thought you died of AIDS. And I'm like, what on earth is wrong with people? I just yeah. hate everybody. Well, and once again, this is the second time Rachel has brought this up to her, that you need to recognize who your true friends are, uh-huh. because those Cheerios aren't going to be around forever. Right. And we get, uh, I oh think, God. the fourth song of the episode. Um, yes. If you count the, uh, weird covert germs, germ, 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 the germ session, uh, that is what that would be now in COVID times. If they're all sitting together in a room singing with open mouths, um, instead it's the jam session. So yes, this is the fourth song. You keep me hanging on by Kim Wilde. Well, this is just a great ass performance. If you ask me, I don't know if you are asking me, but I think it's, I think it's so good. I think you have cheerleaders dancing. You have the unholy Trinity just like back together again. Um, And I personally love Quinn's voice. I was saying this the other day and someone didn't agree with me, but I think Quinn's Quinn might be my second favorite. I really think it's Mercedes and Quinn. And then like Rachel's like a close, a close third. Wow. For me. I don't know what I think it's because Quinn is an alto queen. Uh huh. And you don't normally hear a lot of alto singing. It's always like a soprano or a mezzo. So like that's like kind of a nice change. Uh, to me, it's a lot. It's a lot to have an alto be the lead. Um, Set me free, why don't you, baby? Right. It's it's oh. like it's it's begging for like maybe like a, like a Britney moment or something. I don't know. It's I I do like the choreography here. I love when they when someone purposely puts like football outfits onto mm-hmm. like an opposite gender. Um, just because heels, <laughs> right. Like just because you can kind of instantly like chic it up a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I did. It's very campy. Yeah. I was, um, hoping for a little bit more. I don't know if, if inclusion is the right word. Um, but you've got all these cheerleaders wearing those outfits and I'm like, where's the dudes in the crop tops who could, you know, really be bringing something or some lifts to that performance. Um, but I like that Quinn got her moment on the stage. And then she tells all the cheerleaders to take five, and I'll be telling you to do the same because we're going on a break. There it is. So this break might have felt like minutes to you, but was actually 12 hours for Zach and I. Uh, we, well, we both would have gone to work. I decided to not go to work today, but Zach went to a whole day of work and came back. And now we're doing the podcast. I was looking for where we're at on the show. I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember. Um, yeah, it's been a day. I'm tired. Let's go to bed. It's been a day for me. I now have a glass of wine. Have I told you about this? Uh... Oh, oh! have I told you about this glass yet? Like that one specifically or the one 
like you're being like the the glass of wine that you like what are you trying to get at here i don't i don't mean the wine i mean the glass that the wine is in no no you haven't so this was um i asked my mom for these wine glasses for my birthday which has been you know like a month Uh ago and I assumed, because I didn't have any wine glasses at my new house, and so I assumed that it would be, like, this glass of wine. If you see, it's, like, really pretty. It's got this, like, small top and, like, a weird, like, little hump uh-huh. here. There are glasses of, there are glasses made for Chardonnay, which, you know, from my boxed wine days, is my favorite type of wine. And on my wish list, it was $30, and I was, like, $30 for a set of four. That's, like, what, you know, $8 each or something. Sounds fine. It is one glass for $30. <laughs> so this is the most expensive glass I know. be hand-blown. So we're back in the auditorium, back where the whole episode started. Yep. And Sue's kids are in the auditorium. They're watching the New Directions, which is really just Quinn, Finn, and Rachel <laughs> perform No Air. And all Rachel gets out is, how am I supposed to breathe with no air? Ugh. And you hear like a long reverb. Yeah. Sue's over it. Yeah. And this is what sparks the entire fight. Sue stands up and she's like, I'm out. Um, Sue goes, I'm just trying to stand up for my kids who are probably all on food stamps. <laughs> and Mercedes goes, my dad's a dentist. <laughs> and Sue's like, let's leave. We're all getting conies. It's on me. And this sparks the fight that we saw at the very beginning of the episode, which we don't find out how it gets broken up until now, which is Finn yelling at them to stop fighting because those of us who still have two parents would have stayed home on payday. The kids are all storming out. And then Rachel naturally kind of breaks the fourth wall and she's like, no, no, no. You want a real storm out? I'll do it. She gets it. We're over. Mm -hmm. We're over the Rachel storm out. Exactly. And I think at this point, I kind of think to myself, did Sue just lose? Because like the kids will like give up on Sue, but I don't think they could ever truly give up on Will. Right. Like he's tried to leave the club several times and they keep bringing him back. So there I think Sue technically just lost. Yeah. Makes sense. And. Then we go to Terry's doctor appointment. Dr. Wu's office. Um, I like that Terry calls the kids dancing delinquents. <laughs> I literally wrote that down too. And we get, I thought it was great alliteration. And we get to see the first fake ultrasound that Will gets to see uh-huh. of his not real, real child. Yeah. Which I'm assuming is just Quinn's ultrasound played in their place. Yeah. Um, and it's all, you know, it's all cloak and dagger to make sure that, you know, mm-hmm. this is all happening. And, you know, surprise. It's a girl. And he's like, oh, does thing fall off? <laughs> right. And then he's all emotional. Either his thing fell out or the belly or the baby fell out. <laughs> Yay, baby. I'm so sad and happy. Whoopity do. This gave me nothing. Right. I was like not really sad about any of this, but I did think there was like a kind of a, a, a weird moment, I guess I would say, which is, you know, she Terry pulls him in. And says, I want you to, no matter what, remember this moment, no matter what happens, remember how we feel right now. And I'm like, weird. Right. I literally wrote down, yikes, big move to get Will to love her. You know, like just like a weird, like, I don't know. It's like she almost knows that at some point he's going to know or it's going to be a fail or something. It it feels almost a little foreshadowing-esque, you know, the way that it's like very, very ominous the way she says it. Yep. Obviously, I know what happens, but I can't say that. Oh, my God. So. So. Um, then we go to Sue's office where, you know, Will comes to kind of reconcile their differences. <laughs> and she says something like, I would have come to you, but I don't know where your office is. That's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, I'm going to quit Glee Club because honestly, it's too fruity for me anyway. She Children like, sharing their emotions, validating them. No. And she demands to be like a consigliere. Which I'm like, sure, whatever that means, go ahead. I mean, she has like the arts director or whatever. Yeah. Right. And uh, she was all surprised. Uh, chalk this up to uh, Sue's, you know. Um, I imagine her as having this like very interesting resume. And I'm glad that we can put, make sure that DJ is one of those um, bullet items. <laughs> and VJ. Video DJ, which is what they call the people on MTV. VJ. 
That's what I just said. V as in Victor. Oh, you said VJ. D as in Dalton. I was like, yes, yes, DJ. Correct. That's exactly what I said. Yes. V as in vagina. Um, Wait, she said, what's your middle DJ. name? James. Yes. You've been a DJ your whole life. I know. Wow. I used to I used to talk about that all the time. Either I was going to be a DJ or like when I was watching Full House, DJ Tanner. Like it's uh, always been like haunting me because we're the same person. And <laughs> I did think it was we had like a weird small little Glee Club moment where they then announce um, to the Glee Club that Sue is leaving. You know, Will starts out by saying, you know what, you guys, we pitted the minorities against us, but you're all minorities because you're in Glee Club. <laughs> God, it was like the weirdest ending I've ever seen. And he's like, you're a this, you're a this. And then Finn's like, doesn't know my lefts from my rights. And I'm like, what the fuck? It was just so strange. Shut up, Finn. <laughs> like, it was just, it was just the weirdest. I don't know. I, I, I liked how the whole episode, it was all very like ahead of its time in terms of kind of like making fun of not yeah. making fun of minorities, but like, uh, poking, I don't know how to say that correctly, but like, I feel like it appreciated minorities, but yeah, like, like to, like to use humor in a way that just made everything like normal. I don't know. You know, it pulled, it pulled a gay, it used humor to cover up real problems. There you go. Yeah, Exactly. And I didn't, and I just liked it the whole time. And then at the end, I was like, I feel like every bit of momentum we had, we just threw it out the window and tried to like pander to people who are like, ah, oh, I don't know, not enough representation. And then Glee was like, look, we did it. And we're going to make sure that we put a final period at the end of this and make sure you noticed it. I don't know. I didn't like it. See, I think, I think it was like leading up momentum, momentum. And I think it was all good until like Finn's dumb joke. Yeah. Where they could have just like left it at like he's not a minority. He is a cis straight white male living in mid the Midwest. He's fine. <laughs> he's yeah. not needed for this dialogue. Right. It was just I don't know. Then Sue announces that she knows Quinn's pregnant. Yeah, she knows. She knows. Which was, you know, the fear of the entire episode. She's gonna right. know. She'll we, be out of the Cheerios. Blah blah blah. And we find out that she knows because. During their weekly locker checks, which did you ever have locker checks in high school? I want to say like maybe once or twice, maybe like, you know, drug dogs were there or something as like a scare tactic. But I don't know that it was ever really something. Did you? So you had a locker, though, because I did not have a locker in high school. Oh, yeah, for sure. We had lockers. We weren't. We weren't given my first high school. We were all given a locker because we weren't allowed to take backpacks into the classrooms. My second high school, literally, you were not given a locker unless if you requested one on like the first day of the school year. Oh, yeah. We so had no one had lockers in middle school and high school. I also didn't go to middle school. So, oh, OK. Um. So during locker checks, Sue finds underwear that Jacob and Israel had. We know from Rachel. Right. And she's accusing him and asking him, is he an Eve that was born a Steve? Because she knows a great school in Thailand that might be able to help him out. Uh, God. Um, <laughs> and he, he it seems that he he legitimately has um, her, you know, Rachel, of course, is uh, what she called him, granny panties, because... We find uh, early on the show, she he has like a like a green pair, right? And it's still got a tag on it. <laughs> and he's like, This is not good enough. This is not what I asked for. I asked yeah. for, you know, the good good. And the used, soiled <laughs> Right. Uh and <laughs> yeah. So um basically she she's the one. She's the one. She finds out, he knows, she knows, they all know, and then she's like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Print the story. Print it. Right, because I, I don't know. I would have assumed that she wanted to kill the story. You don't want to hear that a cheerleader's pregnant. Your cheerleader's pregnant. Yeah, I'm like wondering what the motivation She's is. She's got there. other plans. Right. With that, we see that, you know, Rachel then confronts Jacob to talk to him about it. Why did he share the story? And we see that Quinn is honestly just in shambles, crying in defense arms. Uh huh. Yeah, and that's where we get this, uh, I don't know, kind of out of the blue ending that I totally didn't expect. Like it was already in this weird place with the minority thing. And then it was in this weird, like let's all comfort Quinn by singing to her bit. <laughs> oh, is this the first time you've seen them all try to comfort each other by singing at them? I think so. And it was just like, she's this like, becomes a, <laughs> it was just like, ugh. 
This becomes a pillar of the show. Like, oh, your dad's dead. Let me sing at you. Oh, you're gay. Let me sing at you. Yeah. Oh, it becomes a thing of the show, which you kind of start to appreciate over time. And this is actually one of my, like, oddly favorite songs that they do. Oh, my God. Because it's kind of sweet. Well, okay. Well, the song is... They're trying to help their friend. The song is Keep Holding On by Avril Lavigne. And, I mean, they really, yeah, know how to make it... uh, Sad, I guess. That's not even like right because Avril Lavigne's the opposite of sad. Yeah. Like her lyrics are like emotional, but when she's singing it, it's all rage. The right. Atlantis Morissette. <laughs> yes, and they're all wearing white. It feels very churchy for some reason to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wrote down Jesus. Finn's voice must just really suck because he is the most auto-tuned he has ever been in this song, and it is so bad, so much so. That when his voice kind of gets lower, you can hear the auto tune just like give up, <laughs> like because there's just nothing happening there. It's so bad. For the first time, I did actually write down Finn sounds auto tuned, so oh. I agree with you on this one. <laughs> yeah, glad you finally realized that seven episodes in. And um, their dancing suddenly got better. I also I remember there's this this one thing that they do where they go step step up downside, and I remember that every time I watch it, that dance move. <laughs> God, so uh, they're also wearing suddenly um, got better with the all white. It also made me realize that uh, when when uh, Finn made fun of Rachel's, uh, I don't know, made fun of, but flatter torso, I guess, according to him, I was like, no, no, no. This girl's got boobs. She's got boobs. Yeah. She's got the titties more so than Quinn, which I thought was my only reason mm-hmm. rationale for him saying that. Um, but no, nope, so weird. Totally not. Not true. I will say I wrote down. I teared up a little. What? And I also said that I think Diana Agron deserves an Emmy. They need to go back and rewatch this because one, she looks genuinely sad. Two, she all of a sudden looks pregnant. And three, she just had to play seven episodes of being in love with Finn. Does that not deserve an Emmy just in itself of pretending to be in love with this man? That's true. I also just realized when you said that who the hell Diana Agron was. Apparently that's. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, Diana Agron is Quinn, and um, I said before that she's one of my favorite singers. She's also just one of my favorite people in the show. She also was in a weird movie called I Am Number Four, which is one of my fave movies. God. Uh, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> what a weird ending. Like, it just was like, it just really, like, it went from, like, the funniest, one of the, maybe the funnier shows, and just all this, like, banter and Sue-isms and, like, so much Sue to, like her kind of conceding a little bit, um, swapping to this weird minority take for the sake of it. Magically now mending Quinn's, uh, I don't know, feelings. It was just like, and I always think it's funny too, when people are all blah, blah, blah about the pregnant one. And Mm -hmm. no, like Finn is like none the wiser. No one's, you know, doing anything for him. I don't know. It's just like they just put all of the emphasis on the girl. And that seems to be the problem. Well, I mean, is it a problem, though? Because she brings up the point that they're giving the baby away. So why does it matter to him? Well, yeah, but it's like no one else knows that but them. At least so far. From what I can tell. I don't know. I mean, she knows, but that might be it. Very strange. Very, very strange. Um, well, I, I also will say that just keep holding on must've made some sort of impact because whenever we get around to it, to talking about, are you making me making you watch the Glee project? That is just keep holding on is like the anthem of the Glee project. So, Oh God. Um, also are we, I don't think it's come up once from what I can tell. Um, are we very much like the United States tiptoeing around the issue of abortion here? Where's that coming up at? Not at all. Not at all. It's 2008. It's way too soon to have someone on TV have an abortion. Oh, the morning show. When she mentions that she had an abortion. I mean, that's still like 2019. We can't drop that on the show. Still taboo. Spoilers. You can't tell someone. You can't say that on the show. I didn't say show. who. I oh, didn't say who God. had an you abortion. You said she. There's only two that matter of she is on that show. It could have been a tertiary character. And one of them's like 60 on the show. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling Jennifer. Yes. Yes. Zach said that you were 60. Oh, dear God. Um, anywho, 
put Courtney on the phone. Yeah. Okay, Lisa's fine. Lisa, could you can you believe what he just said? I mean, she's sixty. Uh, she's she's I don't know. Um, okay. Uh, Is Ross there? Put Ross on the phone. <laughs> I don't know. This whole ending is is just. I'm just not not. I wasn't there for it. I was over it. I loved the ending, but I think I said at the beginning that this episode is good. It's not like my favorite episode. I think it's also hard for me because like vitamin D is one of my favorite episodes. So we went from like top five fave episodes to like not as good of one, you know? So it's like hard for them to yeah measure up. All right. But I do think the songs in this episode were good. What was your favorite? Ooh, so we have hate on me, right? Or whatever it's called. Heat on me. Heat on me? Heat on me? It's Hate on Me by... Did I say like, What the fuck are you talking about? Earlier in the episode? Yeah, it's, yeah, and I was confused. Oh, you're right. Wow. Hate, Hate on, on me, me by Jill Scott. Top third, uh, third, whatever recommendation is Glee. I'm stuck between No Air and Just Keep Holding On. I'm going to go with No Air. Mainly, not because... So if we're looking at performances, I'm going to go with Just Keep Holding On. If we're going with songs... I'm going to say no air. Are we always the, looking like, at performances? I think it doesn't. I think it depends. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so this time I'm giving two answers. So wait, performance so is that regardless of the show, <laughs> which has no foundation here. You like that song better. Well, no shit. No, no, no air is the best song. On no, the no, show. no, no, no. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about them singing it. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Like the recorded track of Leah, Michelle and, Corey Monteith singing No Air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is my favorite song. But I would say the performance watching it would be Just Keep Holding On. Mine is neither of those. <laughs> You're like, mine is the uh, last episode confessions. <laughs> mine is uh, definitely hate, not heat on me. Um, I just like the moment. The moment was very like out of nowhere. Um, some might call that spontaneous. I liked um, Sue's kind of coaching that kind of brought it to life. And I like how she got out of the way immediately and just let them do their thing. And I just liked how it wasn't very like it was produced, but it wasn't like, let's throw in a stage and let's have this be meaningful and let's tie this in. It was like, it was more just like a glee club being a good glee club compared to a sad yeah. one, which was the uh, weird jam session that happened in the middle of the show. Which I still love. Hey, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I I see that. I will say Aretha does a good job in that song. Um, Truly, at this point, I'm just finding out that that's the only person I care to ever watch sing. So, what are your predictions? Because none of your last predictions came true. So, that's what is your prediction? Like all of them came true. Okay, so what are your predictions for this next episode? Episode well, since eight. I got them mashup. all right on the last episode. Um, I will say, because I'm always right, that mashup, mashup tells me that again, we're going to have some, uh, they found some success with, uh, doing some crossover songs, some, uh, whatever musical, whatever expression, whatever he called that again. Um, at least one of those will include a boy band because it's always fun to bring in the nineties and that's always hip and shareable content. So at least one of those mashups includes a boy band combination. I'm talking Backstreet Boys or NSYNC. So that's kind of, that's my take. Um, aside from that, maybe there's like a Britney moment. Uh, number two is oh, Sue has taken a backseat role now. So I don't know exactly what she's up to next episode. I'm still confused as to why she kind of let, set the blogosphere aflame. And finally, what's Terry up to? Um, <laughs> she is she's gonna start putting the baby room together because that's what all non-expectant mothers who are completely insane and want to steal a high school kid's baby do yeah she is bonkers absolutely well thank you so much for listening to our review recap and you know conversation about the best show ever and this award-winning future award-winning podcast, which is approved by Kristen Chenoweth. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe and give us five stars, just like Kristen Chenoweth would. And we will see you next time. Or will we glee you next time? Or bye, bye white people. <laughs> <laughs> just like Will said. <laughs>